This is the Five Cool Play Podcast, the Die Hard Duke Basketball Fans Podcast, 5-0, AC, ranked number five, playing number one on Friday. Are you jacked up or what? Man, I can't I can't wait. I wish I was there, man. I wish I could get to Vegas to see this game. Uh, you're, you're definitely not allowed in Vegas. No. There's no. no way, Jack, that they're going to want that guy in Vegas. No. After my performance in New York, no. no. <laughs> Uh, I don't think on, I don't think on the, on the home front side or uh, by the letter of the law you're allowed anywhere near um, the Las Vegas Strip. It's probably for the best for everyone. Uh, I completely, yeah, I completely agree. So, what? A, how much tryptophan are we all going to be consuming uh, on Thursday before this game? Oh, oh dude, all of it. Because then I'm having I have to work Thursday night or Thursday the whole day basically, whatever. So then I'm also doing a Thanksgiving Friday, so I'm going to be. Pounding the coffee, man. Jeez, that's brutal. Um, all right, so we had a couple games that we want to uh, kind of talk about here. And I'm going to give you credit, AC. You were pretty close on, on, on your reactions here. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I hate to do it. I hate to do it, Jack. But, mm-hmm. but if the guy's right, he's right. Um, no, he is. So, he deserves credit. <laughs> yeah, not too much, but I'll give him a little <laughs> bit of credit. Um, so, Jack, immediate reactions um, after watching you know, Duke versus Garner Webb and then against Lafayette. Gardner-Webb game was great. It was the first time Duke really was able to break away from an opponent this year and keep it that way. Um, I was happy to see it. You know, just a 40-point win. I don't think that I can recall a true blowout home win like that since the 2019-20 season. So it it was just good to see team playing like a team and generally just beating the crap out of a low-level D1 team. It's something that I I missed. Yeah, that... That was good to see with the squad to finally kind of they and they didn't even live up to their full potential, but they at least played so much better. Both ends, everything was working. Both ends, you had good games from a lot of guys that you know we were hoping to see good games from Mark in particular. So no, it was it was nice to see them in that Gardner Web game for sure. So I think the the one thing is your boy Trevor Keels AC. He's 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 just a stud. Oh yeah, I mean going out there going four for six. You know one thing that you. Uh, I thought pointing out really well on Twitter um, is when he steps into his shot. Kind of talk about that. Yeah, he gets that step into three. It's kind of the new. So for a little while, everything was, oh, the standstill three, the standstill three, the standstill three. It's so hard to shoot a standstill jumper from 20 feet away, man. It's, it's not easy. And most of these kids coming in as freshmen are used to shooting off the dribble. So him being able to get that one step into his shot is just, I mean, it's just money for a guy who shoots as well as he does. So I, I, him getting that step into, I love it. I love it to death. And then big Mark Jack. I mean, he finally. I mean, he heard, he he obviously listened to the podcast. <laughs> he, you know, he he heard the stock market. He said, you know, AC saying buy Mark Well, and mm-hmm. and ever since then the guy's been on fire. Oh, for sure. Yeah, not like Mark Williams has ten blocks in the last two games. He has. Jeez, how many rebounds is of those last two games? He has 18 rebounds in the last two games, and 15 of them came in the game against Lafayette. Man had 21 minutes played, 15 rebounds, which is incredible. One turnover total over the last two games. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's the Mark Williams that we saw in the game against Louisville last season. And I thought AC, uh, Joey Baker should get a shout out as well. Um, he seems to, he seems to like kind of be figuring it out in, in the senior year. Nah, man, Joey Three Piece, dude. The dude is Joey he's Three playing. Piece. He's playing good basketball, right. whether he's whether he's hitting his shots or not. You know, what I mean, he's still contributing to the team, and that's something the last three years you can't say about the kid. So, I'm really happy for him. I'm happy for how he's playing this year. I'm happy for the team because they do need it. 
They need a player like him to be able to stretch the floor and make everything go the way they need to make things go. And his teammates are looking for him now, finally, which is that's also good to see whether he's hitting or not. They're finally looking for him again, too, which is because for a minute there, they were they were kind of looking him off every time he came down the floor. So <laughs> you, you you like to bring up that point. I think it's, I think it's definitely mm-hmm. valid, too. You know, they would always look him off. And, and I don't know what that's about. Uh, but clearly, they trust him now. Absolutely, absolutely, and they're not—you know—they're not treating him like that. They're—he's a part of the team, as you know, as you would say, or whatever. And he's an important part of the team. He really is because if he can hit his shots, then you know we're we're very difficult to defend. So that's what I like to see out of him. All right. So then we get the Lafayette game. It was kind of sloppy early on, Jack. Um, but I, I do want to just kind of make note that our defense is going to win us a lot of games, and you know. I'm not saying Lafayette's a powerhouse; they're 0 4, <laughs> but but you know the thing is, is that we you know we weren't playing our best basketball. That was pretty clear in the first half. But defensively, you know we're a really really strong basketball team. Oh, for sure, yeah. The defense defense has been showing through the whole season, and I'm I'm here for it. Now, offensively, team's been very streaky so far. We saw that in the Lafayette first half, um, 35-27 at halftime. So like team's streaky. However, again, defense is there, and even with that ugly, ugly, ugly first half, the team hung a fifty-three, a fifty-three on the uh, second half on the Leopards, and uh, won the game by thirty-three. The Leopards, nice. Um, so, what what did uh, Coach K say to his team at halftime, Missy? I think he just said, "Get your heads out of your asses," right? Like, I mean, that's pretty much because that's pretty much what happened. Like they. It's not like a lot with the game plan changed. Like, they looked tired. It looked like they were practicing hard this week. I think we had heard from some people that they had been practicing hard this week. So, you know, it, and it looked like that. It looked like we were getting plenty of open shots inside. We were getting plenty of looks down low. Like, we were getting the shots we wanted. They just weren't falling. And then suddenly, second half, everything was falling. Like, the defense kind of locked back in. Offensively, we were able to lock back in. And then... Come on, but yo, AJ Griffin went stupid. Yeah, yeah. I was going to save it for the next segment, but we got to talk about it. We will. We got to talk about it, though. Yeah, those two went stupid, and then you know the game. Like again, Wendell making those captain plays, like those. I've been here for three year plays, and you you love seeing that because he has been there for three years, and you want the guy who's your team captain to step up and do that, and he's been doing it. And Jeremy Roach, I mean, I want to talk about him real quick. You know, it wasn't his best game in terms of putting the ball in the hole, but he still had five assists mm-hmm. um, to two turnovers. I thought he, he he does a really good job of putting pressure on the ball um, defensively. So I think, you know, even with not scoring, I thought he was pretty serviceable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was, like you said, wasn't his best game from the field or whatever, but he was still doing the things we need him to do all season, which is make the interior – get those passes. I mean, he's still scrapping, man. Like, I, that's what I love to see out of Jeremy this year is just how scrappy he's been. He's out there scrapping with them, talking with the dudes on the floor, on the other team, talking with his guys, setting the team up. Like, he's, he's doing everything you want a, one of your lead guards to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think his presence on the floor, his maturity, you can sense it throughout the game. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he goes um, against Gonzaga. But let's put our Wolf of Wall Street hat on here. And play a little stock market. Oh, it's stock time. Little stock market. So, Jack, let's talk about Mark Williams first. Uh, you already mentioned, you know, the ten blocks over the last couple games, having fifteen rebounds against Lafayette. AC said to buy him low last week. Did you buy enough stock last week? 
Because he's, he's going to go through the roof right now. Oh, yeah. No, Mark, Mark stock is just spiking straight up. It is going as high as can be, as high as his standing reach at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mark, again, Mark had a couple of incredible performances. He's averaging 13.5 points, 9 rebounds, and 5 blocks over the last over the last two games. And I really i am excited. We are recording this before the Citadel game. I'm excited to see what he can do tonight for that game and what he can do against Gonzaga. Uh, AC, is it too late to buy Mark, or do you kind of expect him to have a couple more showings where he's going to be he's a sophomore, he's going to have some inconsistencies, or do you see the, the real Mark Williams from, from here on out? Nah, man, I, th- I think buy, keep buying, like keep buying. It still hasn't gone high enough yet. This is like Ethereum, man. It's going to keep going. <laughs> buy some, keep buying some Mark's log. It's not too late. You're not too late because I tell you, I'll tell you right now, he offers a horrifying matchup for Drew Timmy, and if he can keep himself out of foul trouble in that Gonzaga game, when we talk about the front courts here in a little bit, we'll talk about it more, but I, I think you'll see his stock rise up even higher if he puts himself in a good performance there. Okay, and keep it with you, AC, here. Talk about a guy whose stock is obviously through the roof, and that's Wendell Moore. Is it too late to buy on him? Yeah, I think I think it's too late to buy if you want it to keep rising. I think we're seeing... I think we're seeing as much as we can see out of Wendell, especially with the makeup of this team. But what we're seeing is incredible basketball. Like 16, 6, and 5 is stupid. And he's, you know, he's, he's going to keep having these, you know, flirting with a triple-double type of games. Like, you know, it's, I, I, think he's, I think he's maxed out. I don't see him scoring like 20 points a game or anything. But just what he's doing for, for the team on the floor, man, that leadership has just been incredible. So I, I like it. I like what he's doing. Yeah, no, he's doing a great job. And then, you know, kind of wrapping this one up, AJ Griffin, Jack. I mean, we kind of predicted, you know, kind of late in January, early February for his rise to really kick in. But if he's going to be doing that step back jumper for three, like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, that just wasn't even fair. I felt bad for that guy. I honestly did. I felt bad for him. I'm, I'm just going to say, AJ Griffin's stock took a huge, huge hit uh, back at the beginning of the preseason when he hurt his knee. Oh, it's right back where it was at this point. 18 mm-hmm. points. He shot four of six from three. He won ACC Freshman of the Week. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm enamored with his game at this point, and I think he could be in the starting lineup in the not-too-distant future if he keeps playing like that. Wow. Um, so, AC. Call me crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> AC, kind of on that note, who do you take out if AJ Hoard did to start? I was, I mean, as Jack said that, I'm, still, I'm just sitting here thinking. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I guess, I mean, like, if you're talking about player for player, sure, he's he's – he has the potential to be a better player than Jeremy Roach, right? But I don't know that you take Jeremy out like that, just especially him being such a leader on the floor. AJ's not a very vocal guy. I still see him being that super yep. sub. And maybe if somebody like Trevor or Wendell or Jeremy's having you know a bad stretch or something, then he replaces him maybe forever in the starting lineup. Who knows? But, you know, I mean, I, at the moment, I think I see him as that super six, but he's still going to get himself 20 minutes a game easy. I don't, I don't see that dipping down. Yeah, anymore. no, I think, yeah, I think that's right. Go ahead, Jeff. But I think you're going to see um, AJ, his minutes continue to rise. It's just going to be interesting to see what he does. Does he build off of that? And like you said, you know, we play Citadel tonight, so I'm gonna, I'd like to see him, you know, win 20 to 25 minutes, maybe not 25, but like 20 to 22, um, and see if he's still, you know, confident in taking those step backs and you know if he's going to be that player 
Oh yeah, for real. I mean, I may have been a little too excited when I was talking. <laughs> Maybe like the the Corey Maggette super six man who would be a starter on any other team in the country. Yeah, is a good role right. for him. I think that's what he might end up being. Cause like, I don't even know who he, who he'd replace. He can realistically realistically replace anyone but Mark in the starting lineup, and mm-hmm. I feel like the team would do just fine. However, mm-hmm. that's the issue. It's it's who does he replace. And why is he replacing him? That would be my bigger concern. But right. yeah, I, I think I think AJ's playing time and his his value is only going to go up from here. Yeah, I think that you know the Corey Maggette comparison is, is pretty spot on. You know, he's kind of a similar type of player as well. Uh, he's got a little bit more refined shot than Corey had at this point in his career. But I think that his role is kind of the same. Or he should be bringing in you know AC like electricity off the bench. You know, anytime he gets inserted into the lineup. Absolutely. Electricity, versatility, being able to sub anybody out basically on the floor. I mean, you, you could sub him for Mark if you really wanted to and then put Paolo at the five and have one of those quick lineups for a couple of, you know, a little four-minute stretch or something. We don't want to see Paolo at the five all season, but just those little stretches. But, yeah, he could sub anybody on the floor. He's going to come in. Now I think he's going to come in looking to score more, which is what we need out of him because he's such – I mean, he's, the dude is he's enormous number one he moves better than anybody else on the floor number two and like he's so skilled and he's starting to you can see it he's getting the confidence to show it so this these next couple games especially leading to Gonzaga are big for him because if I didn't I didn't know that we'd have this good of an AJ yet for Gonzaga so I'm kind of like on the fence about what I'm picking with them yeah. but if we have this AJ against Gonzaga, it's like mm, they don't got they don't have anything they can deal with that. No, yeah, I think that that's right. And so let's talk about the Gonzaga matchup here. And we'll start with the with with the uh, with the front court because one guy that we haven't even mentioned on this podcast yet is Paolo. You know, I think he's had a, a rough stretch, uh, if you will, uh, over the uh, <laughs> the last week. So uh, you know, good to see that he's uh, just uh, just fine, but. Um, you know, let's talk about the front court though. So we got Mark, we got Paulo, we got Theo, they got Drew Timmy, who everybody just slobbers all over and, and Chet Holmgren, you know, it is going to be a very interesting matchup because do you see Paulo going up against Chet? Cause I think, I think he wants that matchup, Jack. Yeah, he does. And I think he's, uh, I think he's going to get it. Even if Kay assigns Chet to Mark, I think there's going to be some switching on the court whenever there's some off-the-ball movement for the Zags. Um, Paulo wants Chet. Paulo's going to take Chet. Paulo weighs about infinite, infinitely more than Chet, um, and Paulo will successfully take Chet. I'm just going to say that much. That's going to happen on offense. It's going to happen on defense. Timmy's the one that scares me of the two of those guys more. Yeah, and AC, how do you feel like that match is going to be with Mark Williams? It's it's gonna be that's gonna be a matchup of fouls right there. If if Drew because Drew look Drew Timmy is one of those guys. He looks like he would play in a rec league somewhere and you know dominate the rec league. And that's that's as far as he goes. But this guy just amazingly gets it done with his footwork and with you know veteran type moves in the hold and things like that. So plus this is you know Duke recruited Drew Timmy a little bit. So this is kind of like a little bit of like that revenge narrative type of thing if you want to throw it out there because. Texas recruited him. He had that big game against Texas. Duke recruited him, but they were like, ah, we're looking at some other guys first. So then he went ahead and went to the Zag. So he, he and he holds, he, he, you can tell in his interviews and stuff, he holds those things 
in his head for for motivation. So he's going to come out motivated. It's a big game. He's going to want to prove himself against a big guy. Texas was employing six five players on him, so of course he's going to score thirty seven yeah. on those little dudes. So he's going to get an actual big man matchup with Mark. But if the whistles are flying, man, that's not a good. It's not a good thing for for Theo. Well, and I Mark. mean, he he just basically you basically just described how annoying it is to play against Tyler Hansborough all those years. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what is that's exactly what this feels like. This feels like the Tyler Hansborough matchup where no matter what you do, you can't do right. anything right in the in the eyes of the other team or the referee. And I'm not trying to make referee excuses like Kentucky. I think if Mark plays smart, then he and, and holds his position well, then he can defend Drew Timmy very well, but he can't go for the fakes. He can't go for those double moves that Timmy Yeah, has. I mean when you're averaging basically six to seven, you know, uh free throw attempts a game. You're not quite at that Tyler Hansborough level because he used to get 37 attempts a game, but you know, <laughs> only Jack, 37. Um, if it, yes, that's a low. Seems like a lot more to my elementary school brain. Yeah, well, you know, that's because you know, 90% of the game he was just sitting there at the line. Um, when he would walk, mm-hmm. throw himself into. I'm getting off on a tangent here. Okay, <laughs> so um, let's finish up this this front court. Uh, AC, who has the advantage here? Uh, man, because it's so we have two good scores and Drew Timmy. We have a good uh, score in uh, Paulo Banquero. I think those two kind of cancel each other out. So then Chet and Mark, who has the better offensive game out of those two? Both those guys are you know superior shot blockers. Who has a great floor game down low shot blocking? So it's like, man, that's a tough. That's a tough one. I like. I still like Paulo. I think Paulo has had a couple bad games. I think it's. I think it, it looks like he's deferring a little bit to his teammates. I think he's going to take over when needed in this game. And I like I like Paolo more than, uh, than Drew. Yeah, I mean, that's an intoxicating pick. Um, <laughs> that's cold. That's, that's, that's low. That's low. Um, <laughs> that's, that's low. That's low. He had to do it. I, I, had, I, mean, I had to. I had to, you know. It's the, it's the double reverse from, uh, what's, what's that Eminem movie, uh, 8 Mile? You got to just get, get the jokes out now so nobody else can use them. That's exactly right. Um, yeah, so I think, uh, I think that's right, though. It is, you know, pretty much what you prefer. But I think if we, Jack, I think at this point in the season, I think if, if this team was in the Final Four, which it very well could be, I think we would have the advantage in the front court in April, in, in, in late March. But I do think right now with, you know, the experience of Timmy, I think that that kind of gives them the slight edge in the front court. Yeah, Mark has experience too. I mean, not, not to the level of Timmy, who is a junior, but – He's a sophomore. He did he did play last year, didn't play in March. Um but again, like Chet Chet's incredibly raw. Chet had four fouls in nine minutes against Texas. I think just on that you can give Duke the edge because Duke has guys who will not commit four fouls in nine minutes um against a top ten team. So I think I think it is gonna be a game of how often is the whistle blowing. But I also think it's going to be a game of how physical is Chet going to be down low? How physical is Mark going to be down low? And will either of them get into foul trouble? And if so, who? But I think Duke has the advantage just based on that. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's, it's going to be an awesome – I mean, it's going to be 10.30 p.m., but it is going to be an awesome uh, evening to watch the, the, the front course go at it. Okay, AC, I know you want to talk about the backcourt. I know you want to talk about Bolton – versus Roach, kind of break down that matchup. I'm, uh, number one, let me just get it out of the way. Duke wins the backcourt matchup, and I think this is where the game can be won for us. Like, they have some good players in that backcourt. They got Andrew Nimhart. They got Rasir Bolton. Bolton's been playing really well. He played really well in that Texas game. 
but our defense is something different, man. It's just it's just something different. And if like we, like I said in that last segment, if we have if we have a good AJ and a good healthy AJ, confident AJ right now, then this is a wrap because you know he's he's matching up with Julian Strother. He can shut him down. Strother's a good player. He's a big guard, six seven. But we got big guards who can guard that. We got big guards who can guard Bolton, who's six three. We got you know Nolan Hickman is a he's a good player. He's kind of their setup man right now. But this is not a team. Everybody gets assists on this team. Like it's like it's not a team that just there's one point guard dishing things out. You know, Nimhart's averaging five and a half assists or whatever. I, I like. I think we're gonna see that Nimhart and Wendell Moore. I think Nolan Hickman's gonna be with Jeremy Roach. I think you got Bolton with probably Trevor Keels more than likely, and then whenever Strother comes in, if he's gonna start or if he's gonna sub, however they do that, then you know one of, one of those guys who's not playing the others is, is gonna play there. You know, what I mean Wendell Moore, whoever. So we got we got the size to match up with their backcourt. And right now, I think our backcourt is playing better than their backcourt, especially defensively. That's the biggest thing is that defensive side. Hunter Salas is not there yet. He, he'll he be there towards the end of the season, I think. But, yeah, I, I like this matchup for us in the backcourt. Yeah, I, I actually thought that Hunter Salas would be a little bit better than he is. You know, he's only playing 15 minutes a game right now. He is averaging, you know, seven points a night, which mm-hmm. you know, I think he's a, a really strong player. So mm-hmm. um, that, that's interesting to bring him up. But basically, I guess, Jack, you know, what are you looking for – from Jeremy, what are you looking for from Trevor Keels to kind of set the tone early? I'm looking for Jeremy to set people up, collapse the defense a little bit. I'm looking for Trevor Keels to hit his shots and play good defense on a Bolton or an Embard. Um, looking, I'm looking for Wendell to be that leader on the floor on both sides because we, we're going to need that against a team with as much experience in the backcourt as these guys have. Not to mention the fact that, um, I mean, Hickman's from Seattle, Paulo's from Seattle. so They play together in AAU too, so they know exactly. It's something that we're we're gonna have to definitely keep an eye on as fans. Um, is Paulo gonna? I mean, he's obviously not gonna switch himself onto Hickman, but is he gonna try to call out a move or something? He knows the guy well. Maybe he's right. helping with defense. I don't know. Um, I digress. <laughs> but <laughs> all that aside, Nembhard's a guy Duke recruited on the transfer portal as well. So maybe this is another thing that we're uh, we're gonna see a couple of guys that Duke recruited. Mm-hmm. Maybe Salas try to go well. off. We were on Solace, Solace Duke did recruit a little bit. Yep. There's a lot of these guys, but I don't know. Nembhard's more than anything. He's been the facilitator. He's had a couple of games with a lot of assists. Mm-hmm. Um, he had eight against Texas. He had seven against Bellarmine the other yep. day. Um, I I do think that I think Nembhard's going to be the guy who sets up. We're going to have to see what Jeremy or Trevor, whoever's on Nembhard. We're going to have to see what. Whoever does guard Nembhard does defensively, but I honestly think that offense is going to be going to be the bigger thing because we've seen Duke's defense is there. It's going to be the offense for the backcourt that really decides the game for Duke. So, AC, you you already said that the backcourt for Duke is going to be the difference maker here. Who's going to be the best player on the court from the backcourt side of things? Wendell, I think. I think it's going to be Wendell. I think uh, I think Trevor's going to have a good game. I don't think he's going to have a Kentucky game. Gonzaga is going to put a little more pressure on him in this game offensively, but he's still going to get his buckets where he needs to. But my little dark horse here is going to be AJ Griffin. Like <laughs> again, like there's there's nothing that they have that can guard AJ Griffin. Nothing on the floor. They have nothing on their team that says you can stop AJ Griffin if he's really if he's back. Like if he is back, then this game's a wrap. That's the wild card for Duke. That's that's what puts <clears throat> Duke at their ceiling this season and in this game. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you there. Um, I think that if, and, and I'm not ready to, to say that AJ is going to be able to do that. Um, you know, again, we're going to find out some stuff tonight against Citadel. 
and that'll be great to watch. But um, I think we got to pump the brakes just a hair uh, on, you know, making that the expectation going forward for him because I think that he does. We got to be we got to be patient as fans because you know he is just getting back. So let's kind of you know kind of see how that works sure. out. But to me, the X factor Jack is Jeremy Roach, and you know I feel like if he plays big, um, that means that he's officially arrived as the point guard that we desperately need from him. Yeah, I mean, I won't disagree with that. I think Jeremy is going to be a huge factor, whether it's him scoring or him facilitating or him just being generally that point guard leader that Duke always seems to have um, year after year. I think Jeremy, he it might not even be something that shows him the box score, but those intangibles, you you need a guy like that. And he's he's looked to be that. Even even last game against Lafayette, no points, but he, he had five assists. He was able to set guys up, and he knew when he needed to stop shooting, and he stopped shooting. Yeah. I mean, this is this is one of those PVI games. This is where the, those PVI boys show up, and they, they make those winning plays. I really feel that. Exactly. You need a guy like that. Again, it won't necessarily show up in the box score, but I think Jeremy Jeremy has a chance to step up and really be the difference maker for Duke. Yep, here we go. And so now it's time to make our uh, world-famous predictions. That's and yeah, it, I'm already huh? Yeah, we got, we got to do it. And, uh, and AC... Uh, because you've been on a little bit of a tear here, we'll start with you. What uh, What is your prediction for, for this game? Man, this is this is a tough one because like it's 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 truly and like you said, it's it's definitely pumped the brakes on what AJ can give us. But this game truly boils down to: Do we have? a good AJ or not. I think if we don't have a good AJ, this team will still be competitive. I think we'll still be in position to win this game. If we have a good AJ, then I think we win this game kind of going away, honestly. So I'm going to pump the brakes and say he has a marginal, like a decent game, not like a great game like he did against Lavia. Let's say he has a decent game. Good defense, scores the ball a little bit. I'm giving this one to Duke, man. I'm saying Duke's winning this game, 87-81. to 81. Wow, pretty uh, pretty similar score to, to what I'm going to make here, and I'll give Jack the last one. Um, I think it's going to be it's going to be a battle. I think we have the best player in the country. He's had a little bit of a rough stretch, um, but I think that he bounces back. He looks at this game. He has this game circled on his calendar since the time he you know saw it pop up. It's going to be in Vegas. It's going to be right after Thanksgiving. It should be just an electrifying atmosphere out there. I think Duke finds a way to win this game, eighty-four to eighty-two. Jack, what do you got? I was going to say. I mean, I. I think Duke has the better team, the better, the, the best player on the floor, and I think Gonzaga is still overrated from last year when they had an absurd strength, an absurdly low strength of schedule. Um, yeah, they were the best team in the country, but they were not far and away the best team in the country. Like people made them out to be, we saw that in the championship game. I think Duke wins, and I'm actually going to have a pretty similar score to AC. I'm thinking 88 to 81. 88, 81. There we go. Big Thanksgiving Day coming up, and then right after that is the dessert course, Gonzaga versus Duke in Vegas. Ching, ching. Let's go, Duke. Let's go, Duke. Let's go, Duke. Thank you for tuning in to the 5-Point Play Podcast, the number one Duke fans podcast. Check us out at Instagram at 5-Point Play Podcast. That's the number 5-Point Play Podcast. And on Twitter. Five Point Play Podcast. Go Duke!